All right. Again, thank God. Today is Friday, and we are so excited to be back in the house of the Lord one more time. Again, to God be the glory for the great things that he has done. Uh, our God is great, and he is greatly to be praised. And so we take time now to reflectively just thank God for his goodness, for his grace, for his mercy, for his love, for his compassion, uh, for his, uh, again, power, his person, um, and again, we just thank God for all of you. So take a minute now, if you would, to like and to share. Take a minute to like and share. Again, we're thankful that God has given us this opportunity to be back uh, here in the house of prayer. Notice, if you will, that God uh, does not uh, call this place a church. He says, my place, my house shall be called the house of prayer. So we're thankful to God again for all of you. Let me again welcome our, our listeners from Washington, Kansas, Mississippi, Texas, Tennessee, California, uh, North and South Carolina, Thailand, Florida, uh, again, Indiana, Ohio, Georgia, Illinois. We thank God again for our listeners there, uh, Battle Creek, Kalamazoo, Portage, Ann Arbor, Battle Creek, Ypsilanti, uh, Flint, Detroit, Bay City, Midland. Um, and all of our listeners in the city of Saginaw, again, we say again, thank God that you choose to take a moment of your day to be with us as we spend in prayer. It's not the ordinary uh, type of prayer service, um, and it's been designed that way. I want people to know it's been designed that way. You know, we take thoughts uh, where we don't just have a prayer meeting. You know, we take thoughts and we use those to focus on helping us grow. Um, and so, again, we thank God for all of you. Uh, again, real quickly, a couple things to be aware of. Even as we speak now, uh, again, we're praying for the Studevin family. Sister Studevin lost a loved one. We're praying for her. Brother uh, Amos, we're praying for him. Wayne Amos, praying for him, had uh, a relative pass away. Uh, Sister Ann Hinton uh, had, I believe it is her fiancé. Um, I said boyfriend on Wednesday, uh, but I believe it's her fiance. So he passed away. We're praying for her. Sister Veda Weston is making progress. We're praying for her. The stewards are making progress. We're praying for them. I have not mentioned him in a while, but Brother Patrick, again, appears to be on the amends. We're thankful to him uh, again for making amends. Um, and we're thankful to God for all of you. I've got a brother in Florida who is home uh, making amends. We're thankful that he's making amends. Um, and again, to all of you, uh, we are praying for you. All right, Brother Green had a relative pass away about two weeks ago, three weeks ago now. We're praying. Again, continue prayers for him. Pray for the Tatum family in general. Um, let's keep praying for the ministry. Uh, let's do all of the above, okay? Hey, here's a quick announcement just to be aware of. Uh, May the 5th, Wolverine State um, Congress and Convention will be meeting here starting at 4 o'clock. It will be virtual and it will be in person. At 4 o'clock, they're going to have a host of what we call sessions or classes, okay? And then at 6.30... At 6.30, the oratorical contest will start. Now, I don't know how many people will be a part of that. Uh, we're still waiting for people to share that information. But you can be here. You can be here in person if you want to be a part of that. I just want you to be aware of that, okay? That would be great if you can help out, okay? Uh, the weekend of Mother's Day, which is that following weekend, the park is supposed to happen. 
it is supposed to open. So stay tuned. There again, we're going to need your help um, as we get ready to open up. Uh, we have not done a lot by way of trying to get people signed up, but we will need you to help. Okay? The game plan is had a park open every day starting in the morning at 7. It will shut down by 7.30. And right now, the intent is to go 7 until midday, shut down, and then reopen at about 5.00 and then be open until 7.30. It might be 5.30. I'll, I'll get that correct. I'll let you know. Okay? So that's kind of where we stand with that. Coming up somewhere in June or July, we'll have what we call our family meeting. I just want you to know that well in advance. Our family meeting is going to be either in June or July where we'll give a state of stewardship in terms of where we stand, what we've done, what we plan to get done. Okay, just want you to know those things well in advance. Um, we are gradually moving towards re-engaging every ministry. And so you can expect to hear about ministry meetings taking place. Uh, most of them will probably start taking place the beginning of May. All right. We've yet to meet with ministry leaders, which is why you haven't had a meeting this month. But as we meet with ministry leaders, they will then start calling ministry meetings and then we will get ready to go from there, okay? So those are just a couple of things to be aware of. Um, the community garden that we have, I'm sure we'll start working on that in the month of May. Um, and sir, I'm sure that the crew that works on that will need your help. So certainly we ask you to roll up your sleeves. Let's get the garden up and running, okay? All right, hey. Let's today, and, and let me just say this just so some of you are aware, uh, we don't have the music playing in the background. It's our understanding that it was creating some interference with our conference call listeners, and um, it was creating a sound issue, so we don't have the music today, all right? Um, if we can figure out a way to get that resolved in one, shape, one way, shape, form, fashion, we will. But because it's creating an issue for the listeners on the conference call, then we have discontinued that. You'll hear it coming in. Um, but beyond that, we won't have it played during the time. Okay? All right. So today, what I want to deal with, today's subject is facing impossible challenges. Okay? Facing impossible challenges. I'll be the first one to say amen to that. Um, all of us, and let me just make sure you understand, all of us in this life at some point <clears throat> is going to face some impossible challenges. Okay, the word impossible means it's incredible, um, it's unbearable, it's insurmountable, it's a situation. It, the word impossible is used to describe a situation that is or has reached a point where it is beyond your human ability to control its outcome. Hmm, that's a mouthful, but let me say it again. Um, the word impossible is used to describe a situation that is or has reached a point where it is impossible uh, or where it is beyond, rather, your human ability to control its outcome. All right? Have you ever been in that situation before? Okay. All right. So one of the things that I've discovered is that all of us have faced impossible situations. And if you continue to live, there will be others that will possibly surface in your life uh, and in your path, okay? Um, you know, the good news, and I always say this, the good news 
is that we serve a God for which nothing is impossible. All right? Let me, let me give you a scripture to go with that so you can get this. All right? Um, one of the scriptures that God asks us to remember, I quote it often, but let me just give it to you real quickly. Jeremiah 32 and verse number 27. All right. Jeremiah 32, verse number 27. And this is what it says. It said, behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Watch this here. Is there anything too hard for me? God is telling you, in essence, there is nothing impossible for God. Okay, so when facing impossible situations, let that scripture swell up in your spirit to remind you nothing is too hard for your God. All right, nothing is too hard. So that verse encourages me. All right, it encourages me when I'm facing incredible odds. Um, and it reminds me, even in impossible situations, that there is still hope. And hope actually means there's still I still have faith, um, I still have confidence, and I still have this expectation. All right? I still have it. No matter how impossible it is, I still believe there's a way out of no way. All right? That should be the way you grow in your faith. I can't tell you how many people I have visited in the hospital that the doctor said, this is it. And they lived on another five, six, seven months or maybe even a year or things won't get better. And, and things turn completely around. Okay? And that's what God is telling us. All right? So there's a couple of things. And I want to use Ephesians chapter number 6, verses number 10 down through 18. That's really going to be my backdrop today. All right, that's where I'm going to get my little nuggets from. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 down through verse 18. That's where I'm going to draw my nuggets for today. All right? You probably know it already, uh, but I, wanna, I just want to read it for your hearing. It says this. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Watch what he goes a step further and says. He says, put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Watch this. He's telling us that. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Those are all part of Satan's armies. Then he tells us this. It says, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. I'm going to come back to that. That's one of the nuggets right there. Watch this. It goes a step further and says this. All right. Next verse. In verse 13, uh, 14, he says this. He says in verse 14, make sure I can pull it up here. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having the breastplate of righteousness. Verse 15 uh, says this, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. All right. Next verse. He says in verse 16, he says, and above all, take the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. You getting this? Verse 17. 
He says this, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Then lastly, he gives us this word of advice. Verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. All right. So when facing impossible situations or challenges, you ought to be using that text. And there's many more. All right. There's many more. I just use that one. Uh, but there's many more. Greater is he that's in me. No weapon against me. All those. You know those. We quote them all the time. But I just want to bring this one to our mem I want to refresh our memory as it relates to this one. Okay, so watch what he says. So the first thing that I would say when facing impossible challenges, the first thing I would encourage you to do, number one, is to stand. All right. Now, I want to unpack that a little bit. I don't have a whole lot of time, but I want to unpack it. All right. Let me give you the, let me give you the three verses that connect with that first and then I'll unpack it a little bit. All right. Ephesians chapter six. Verse number 10, 10, 11, 12, and 13. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And then he gives us this here. He says, put on the whole arm of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Watch this. Verse 13. Um, I'm sorry. Verse 14 says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore, or wherefore, he says, take unto you the whole arm of God that you might be able to withstand in the evil day. And here it is. And having done all to stand. All right. So look at what the battle is against. That's number one. I want you to see that. He tells us, he says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So when I'm facing impossible odds, challenges, I've got to be reminded that I'm in a spiritual battle. It's not a physical battle. It is a spiritual battle. And look at who I'm fighting, Satan and all of his demonic forces. Did you see that verse where he said, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood? You see that? But we wrestle against, uh, he says, against uh, principalities, all right, against uh, powers. He says against the rulers of the darkness of the world, against spiritual hosts. Those are all part of Satan's demonic army, okay? Just like we got uh, uh, generals and captains and lieutenants and sergeants, like we got the army and the navy and the air force and marines, that's what I just read. That is Satan's army. All right. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. So every time we have impossible challenges, it's because we're fighting a spiritual battle. OK, it's a spiritual battle. Can Satan use people? Of course he can. You just saw the scripture. You said we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It's a demonic issue or it is a spiritual issue. All right. And so what Paul is saying is that, after, listen, what Paul is saying is this. Um, the text to me is very encouraging. Watch this, because the text says this. The text says, take up the whole arm of God that you might be able to withstand in the evil day 
and having done all to stand. Now, what is it that that text is actually saying? What Paul is saying is after you have, by faith, decreed victory over every one of your situations, cling to the armor of God. All right? What he's saying is, now watch what he says in the text. He says, listen, he says, he says, take up the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, then he says, stand. So what, what am I saying? When I face an impossible situation, I've got to learn at the end of the day. I've already decreed victory. Now all I got to do is stand like the victory is mine. So when I face impossible situations, I've already decreed by faith that I'm going to win. I know what the word says, okay? Now all I got to do is just stand, all right? So when you face impossible, listen, when you stand, you're telling the enemy, I've already got the victory. All right. Uh, and if you like me, I decree victory over every situation I encounter. Everything I encounter, everything I encounter, I, I decree victory uh, over every situation. And that way, when I stand, I stand in victory. Watch this. Waiting for God to do what he does best. OK. When I face an impossible situation, I'm already decreeing victory. Now I'm standing in anticipation for God to do what he does best. Now, the Bible says in uh, Romans 8 and verse 31, I think he says, or 38 or one of the two, he says, for we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Whenever I face an impossible situation, that's the first thing I start saying. No, 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 devil. You a lie. I've already won this battle. The victory is already mine. Now, I'm standing. Okay? Because I'm telling God, okay, God, I've, I've used your word. I'm walking by faith. I believe the victory is mine. Now you handle this. That's all God wants you to do. Stand means wait for God to do what he does best. Okay? All right. So for me at this point, my words tell the adversary I've already won. So when I say this here, uh, so when I say this here and having done all, having done all means that I have made a decision. The victory is mine. Now all I have to do is stand. Romans 837 says this. It says for nay in all things. no. In all things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Now, I've, I'm standing my ground now. I believe that scripture. I've already told Satan, you are lying. You are not going to win. I've done everything I need to do by faith. I've decreed the word of God. Now, all I'm doing is standing. Okay? That's what you have to do. It's it, Now, it sounds easier than done, easier said than done. But when you've been walking with God for a while, number one, you're not caught off guard by anything. All right, that's first and foremost. You're not caught off guard. Remember now, the Bible says this. It says, be sober and be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling like a roaring lion looking for somebody to devour. The devil is always looking at a way to attack you. So I'm not surprised when I'm being attacked. I never have been because I know that's part of my walk with God. Okay? 
But here's what you got to learn how to do. Even when you attack physically, mentally, whatever, I got to know, okay, God, this is in your hands. All right. I know I'm going to get the victory. All right. I know you're going to work this out for my good. Now I'm standing because I'm sending a message to God, but I'm also sending a message to Satan. I don't care how bad this looks. I don't care how impossible it seems. I'm going to win this. All right. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later. All right, let me give you two scriptures I want you to keep in your spirit. You hear me mention them often. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. All right, I want to put this in your spirit so you got it. Watch this verse, all right? Watch it. It says, now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of, of his knowledge by us in every place. Let me go back to the A part of that text. Now, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph. Do you get that? I'm going to always win. Okay? That's why I'm standing. I'm standing my ground. I've already decreed what I expect from God. I'm going to always win. All right? Here's another one. All right? 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Watch this verse. But thanks be to God. There it is again. I'm thanking God, which giveth us the victory. Do you see that? God gives me the victory, but he gives me the victory because I've done all that I need to do. And now all I'm doing is I'm standing. Okay, I'm standing. My standing says, okay, God. Can can I give you a, a generic example? You know, they train dogs to, smell, uh, to smoke out or to smell, not to smoke out, but to smell. They train dogs to smell drugs, right? And they've trained dogs. What they did is they initially trained dogs by making it a game. Then they made it a reward, okay? It's a game. It's a game to the dogs. But when they get it, they get a reward. So when a dog smells drugs, he looks at the master like, okay, I found it. Where's my chew toy? Where's my candy? Whatever. So what I'm doing is when Satan attacks me, I, I didn't need everything I need to do. Okay, now, God, what you going to do? Okay, I'm telling God it's in your hands. Now show yourself strong. And let me just tell you this here. I don't care how God responds. I don't care how God deals with it. I know when he deals with it, it's done. I'm not going to tell God, because it's God's business. I'm his child, and God said, vengeance is mine, I shall repay. So now all I'm saying, okay, God, it's in your hands. Do what you do. Now it says, but thanks be unto God. But praise be unto God, which giveth us the victory. So when I'm standing, I'm praising. I'm thanking God. All right? All right, so number one, facing impossible challenges, the first thing we need to do is stand. So let's pray that now. Father God, we come now, and Father, we know in this life we're going to face things that are insurmountable, that are incredible to overcome, that they're unbearable, and so forth. Father, we trust you, no matter what we go through, that regardless of how impossible it seems, we're going to stand. Stand sends a message to Satan. Stan sends a message to, Stan rather sends a message to my adversary that I expect God to give me complete victory in this situation. So I trust you. I believe you. 
You said, having done all we need to do to stand in this evil day, stand. Stand sends a message to our enemy, sends a message to you that we expect to be a conqueror through this situation. So we thank you in advance for causing us to triumph. We thank you in advance for giving us the victory. All you want us to do is stand. We've done what you require. Teach us when facing impossible situations to believe that the victory is already ours. Now, God, you didn't say the victory would be ours instantaneously. But when you said the victory is ours, that means it is coming. We don't know when. We don't know where. We don't know how. But our celebration, our standing says to you, it's now in your hands. And we eagerly await for you to vindicate, to give us the victory, and cause us to triumph. We thank you now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So I feel good about that one. Number two. So when facing impossible situations, there again, uh, the second thing that we need to learn how to do, number one, we stand. But then number two, we stand on truth and righteousness. All right? We stand on truth and righteousness. Watch the text, Ephesians chapter number 6 and verse number 14. Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 14 says, watch this. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. You see it right there? Loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. And, and what that really means is uh, maintaining your ground, not yielding or fleeing, all right, uh, should be the goal of the Christian soldier. I'm not moving. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to concede. I'm going to stand my ground. Why? Because I'm standing on the word of God, all right? The word of God is truth. And watch this now. What I've discovered, Dean Roscoe, sometimes is when we face insurmountable challenges or impossible challenges, we, we stop living holy, we stop believing in the word of God, and that's exactly what Satan wants you to do. When things get tough in my life, the first thing I go to is the word of God. I say, God, your word is true. So let your word be true, and every man, let every devil, every demon be a liar. Now, in order for the word to be activated in my life, I got to live holy. You can't speak the truth of God and live a raggedy life. What you do is you void the word of truth. All right? You void the word of truth. So when Paul tells us having gird about your loins with truth, he's talking about the truthfulness. What do I know is true? God is not a man that he should lie. All right? That's true. God says, I'm the God of all flesh. Is there anything impossible for me? That's true. All right? No weapon formed against me shall prosper. That's true. I'm standing on that. All right? Now, standing also means I got to live in such a way that when I, pro when I proclaim that, I'm living in such a way that my life pleases God. When my life pleases God, God, listen, I want you to get this. God has no other choice but to respond on my behalf, okay? He has no other choice but to respond on my behalf, all right? Remember the parable that Jesus gave about the man um, 
that came knocking on the gentleman's door in the middle of the night, all right, the man at the door would not stop knocking. Why? Because he knew the man inside had what he needed. What am I telling you? When I trust God and I keep knocking on that door and I keep speaking the word of truth and I keep living righteously, God has no choice but to come to my rescue. All right. That's why every Christian ought to believe that. Jesus said you should know the truth and the truth shall make you free. That, that's John chapter 8, uh, verse 31 and verse 32. Now watch this verse. Can I, can I, can I put it up for you? John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. Now watch this. I want you to see it for yourself. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed on him, watch this now, if you continue in my word, watch this, then you are my disciples indeed. Watch the verse now. Verse 32 says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So let me go back to the point, okay? Stand on truth and righteousness, all right? When I stand on that word and when I'm living holy, God has no choice but to respond on my behalf. Let me give you another verse because you need to know that righteousness is worth it. Watch this verse, Psalm 37. This is David talking. Psalm 37 and verse uh, verse 25. I love this verse. Watch what he says. He says, I've been young and now am old. He says, and yet I have never, well, in some verse say never, but this one says, yet I have not seen, not means never. I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. When you stand on truth and righteousness, the promise is that you'll never be forsaken, okay? And neither will your family, all right? So when I'm facing impossible situations, let me make sure you get this now. That doesn't mean that things don't get bad because remember now, impossible situations mean you have reached a point where you can't do anything, okay? You've done everything that you can humanistically. Now, physically, oh, I'm sorry, spiritually, You've got to go into spiritual fight, okay? I got to trust God. Man, this is too big for me. I can't deal with this. I have no way to overcome this. This is all up to God. And God, you said in your word, we're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, that, um, that great is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I can do all things to Christ. God, I'm standing on that right now. And whatever your will is, I'm in your hands, all right? So let's pray that prayer now. Stand on truth and righteousness. I'm going to be holy, and I'm going to stand on the word of God. I'm standing on that. All right? Let's pray. Father, we come now. And, Father, we have no choice but to stand on truth, which is your word, and to live in such a way that our lifestyle pleases you. It is true that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It is true that you are the God of all flesh and there is nothing too hard for you. It is true that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. It is true that great is he that's in me. Lord, I stand on that because that is your word. And Lord, I live in such a way that 
Your word says that when a man's ways please God, he makes his enemies be at peace with him. So when I face impossible challenges, I live in such a way daily that you, Lord, will come to my rescue and you'll make my enemies be at peace with me. We're so thankful now. We give you praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So number one, we said uh, that when facing impossible situations, the first thing you must do is stand. Stand tells God, God, is in your hands. You're going to give me the victory. All right. But then secondly, you, when they talk about standing, you got to stand on the truth and righteousness. Everything God says to me is true. All right. He said, it's not my fight. The fight belongs to him. That's true. Right. He says also in his word, no weapon formed against. That's the truth. All right. Then he tells me when I when my ways please him, he makes in, my enemies be at peace. That's truth. But he's saying when you live holy, this is what I'll do. All right. So here's number three. So in essence, what you have to do when facing impossible situations, you got to stand on the word of God. All right. Listen to what the song used to say. The song said, my hope is built on nothing less. You got it. Then Jesus' blood and his righteousness, I dare not trust uh, the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand, and all other ground is sinking stand. Sand. You got to stand on that word. All right? Let me give you a scripture to go with this. Well, let me give you Ephesians 6.15 first, and then I'll come back and give you some scriptures because you need them. Watch this. Uh, in Ephesians 6.15, he says, he says, and your feet shod, covered with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace is the word of God. It's the word of God. All right. So when, when facing impossible challenges, um, I have discovered peace from and in the word of God. All right. That's my, that's my go-to. All right. Every time I've got some impossible things going on in my life, my go-to is the word of God. God, I trust you. All right. Um, let me help you with this. Watch what the psalmist says. And this, it, this is spot on as it relates to the text on today. Watch this. Psalm number three, verses one through three. I want you to see it for yourself. All right. Watch this. He says, Lord. How are they increased that trouble me? Watch what he says there now. He says, Lord, I'm in a bind. I'm surrounded. He said, how they are increased that trouble me. And many are they that rise up against me. Lord, they all attacking me all at the same time. All right? Watch this. And many there be. There's a whole bunch of people say of my soul, there's no help for him in God. Man, you ain't going to get through this, man. This is it for you, man. You a goner. All right? The word selah means to pause. But then he says this. He said, but thou, O, God, thou, o Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the lifter. He said, look, even when the odds are against me, God, you specialize in bringing me out of impossible situations. You are a shield for me. You are my glory 
and the lifter of my head. So even in impossible situations, when I hold on to that word, I know that God is going to make a way for me. All right? And so what am I saying to you? Let me give you another scripture to help you with this. See, for me, it's crystal clear. All right? And I hope it is for you. Um, the only way I will make it and have total peace is by remaining in and clinging to the word of God. That's my promise. And I'm saying that to you. Watch this verse here. Uh, 2 Thessalonians 3.16. Watch this. 2 Thessalonians 3.16, it says this. And I want you to get it. He says, now the Lord of peace himself. Give you peace always by all means. Let me pause, put the kickstand down. I want you to get this. Now, the Lord of peace himself give you peace always by all means. That always by all means means in every situation, no matter the circumstance. <laughs> Did you get that? The Lord himself will give you peace always by all means, no matter what the situation, no matter the circumstance. And then he says this, Paul says, the Lord be with you all. All right? Here's another verse. Let me give you this one here. Uh, Psalm 119, verse 105. Watch this verse. When you stand on that word, watch this. He says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light Unto my path. You know, and, and listen, if you, don't, if you don't have it yet, you know, I hope you see this at the end of the day. No matter what the circumstance or the situation, the word of God is designed to, to uh, direct me, to comfort me, to protect me, to shield me, to give me inspiration, to remind me of God's promises. And so I stand on the word of God no matter how bleak it looks how dark it gets, how stormy it is, how many people are coming against me, I stand on that word. Watch. Let me tell you why I stand on that word. All right? Because, number one, God's word never fails. You get it? Let me give you a verse to go with that. Matthew 24 and 35. All right? Watch this now. You, you're going to shout on this. Watch this verse. Heaven and earth shall pass away. But my words shall never pass away. You can take that to the bank regards to how bad your situation is. God say, yeah, the heavens and the earth, but my word is going to always be here. So uh, I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Great is he that's in me than he that's in the world. No weapon formed against me. All right. Uh, but thanks be to God that always caused me to triumph, who give me the victory. God say that's going to always be here. So when I'm facing impossible situations, when I stand on that word, I've already got the victory. You got to carry yourself like you got the victory. So no matter what the situation, I will stand on the word of God. And here's what you need to know and accept. Let me add this in there. All right. Um, God's will may not be our will. All right. I want to make sure you get this. All right. God's will may not be our will. And here's the thing I know. Knowing God like I do, it will always work out for my good. All right. You know the scripture. My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. 
okay? I'm speaking God's word, but God has a purpose for everything that he allows in my life, all right? Here's the thing that we have to understand in Job chapter 11. Job chapter 11 and verse number 7, all right? Now, get this now. This is what he says. Canst thou by searching find out God? Can you figure out God? Of course you can. Canst thou find out the almighty underperfect? Can you figure out a perfect God? Of course you can. God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. All right? So what I've learned to do is Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. All right. I've learned to trust in the Lord all my heart and lean not to my own understanding and all my ways acknowledge him. And God, when I stand on his word, will direct my path. I believe based on my relationship with God that in his word, I understand his will. But that don't mean we always understand everything about God. Remember Abraham? Abraham, God called him a friend of God. But Abraham didn't understand why God said, take your child up there on that mountain and slay him. But he trusted God. And so what I'm saying to you is even when you think you've figured out what God is going to do and it doesn't work out, you still got to stand on his word. Okay? You got to believe that it's going to work out for your good. Man, I thought it was going to happen like this, but it didn't. But you know what? I trust God and I believe it's going to work out for my good. That's what you got to learn how to do. All right? Come on, let's pray that prayer now. That when facing tough situations or challenges, I'm going to stand on the word. All right? Now, it's one thing to say I'm going to stand on the word, but if you don't know any word, what you going to stand on? Hmm? You got to have some word inside of you. Remember Psalm 119, I think 111 or something like that? That word that I hid in my heart that I might not sin. I got to have some. Listen. It, listen, I, I'm going to give an example. Um, I'm getting ready to go to California. All right? Never been there before. I'm getting ready to go to California. And that's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to drive my car. That sounds great, don't it? It don't matter how much I say I'm going to drive that car. If it ain't no gas in the car, it ain't going no place. All right? If you ain't got nothing inside of you, no reserve, no fuel, no word in you. When you face impossible situations, you're going to be in serious trouble. And that's why the Bible says in Psalm number one, and upon thy law doth we meditate both day and night. You got to have some, you got to have some fuel and you got to have a reserve tank just as well. All right. Um, I'm trying to think there was a situation. I had a car. I had a uh, Dean Roscoe. I had a I want to say it was a 76 Chevy Impala, all right? Had a hundred and some thousand miles on it, but that thing wrote like it was brand new, all right? Wrote like it was brand new. Looked good, everything. And the beauty of this car, Ding, Ding Roscoe, was I had two tanks on it, <laughs> all right? I had two gas tanks, all right? And the beauty was... When I saw that one tank was running out of gas, I could flip the script, uh, the switch on it, and it would automatically go into the other tank, and I start using gas from that. See, if you don't have no word inside of you, when you, when you really need it, 
you're going to suffer because you don't have nothing to help you get through your tough times. That's why you got to study that Bible. You got to go back and look at these biblical characters and look at what God promises. That's how you're going to be able to stand on the word. All right. When you see some, listen, your, your, your past ain't going to always be around. First lady ain't going to always be around. The bishop ain't going to always be around. The apostle is not going to always be around. Sometimes you're going to have to go it alone. And in that instance, can you stand on the word of God? All right? All right. I think, have I, pray, I think I prayed that. Did I pray that one, Ding, Ding Roscoe? No. All right. So let's pray that now. Father, we come now, and as we face impossible challenges, Father, teach us to rely on your word. Your word is a lamp and it's a light. Um, your word gives me comfort. It gives me strength. Uh, it gives me determination. It reminds me of my victory. It sustains me. It feeds me. It gives me peace despite the situation I face. And so as I face impossible challenges, remind me what your word says. Let your spirit remind me that the victory is mine. That I've just got to learn how to stand and have my feet uh, shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The gospel, the word is designed to help me maneuver through the pitfalls of life. So we thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right? All right. So let's go back through those. So number one, when facing impossible challenges, number one, the first thing we must learn how to do is stand. Stand tells God, God, the victory is mine. Do what you do best. Number two, not only should we just stand, but we should stand on truth and righteousness. Whatever God says is truth, that's what I'm standing on. And I'm going to live a holy life so that my life pleases God so that God can come to my rescue. Which in essence means number three, I got to stand on the word alone. Did you notice when Jesus was in the wilderness, every time Satan came to him, how did Jesus counteract Satan? It is written. All right? He took that word to help him deal with Satan. What am I telling you? Remember this, the backdrop is, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. So you got to use something that is spiritual to combat that which is spiritual. The word is spiritual. It has power. You got to learn how to use that. All right. So number four, here's what I would suggest you do. Number four, uh, when you're facing impossible situations, use your defensive weapons. Wait a minute. Reverend Tan, what you mean? Let me give them to you. Watch, these, watch this verse. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16. All right. Above all, take the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench the fiery, uh, all the fiery darts of uh, the wicked one. Give me, give me the next verse. Watch this. Verse, verse number 17 says this. And take the helmet of salvation and the uh, sword of the spirit which is the word of God. Now, let me go back to verse 16. If you pull that back up, I want to point out your defensive weapons. Watch this. Above all, take the shield of faith. That's number one. That's one of your defensive weapons. 
All right, go to number 17, and then I'm going to come back to 16 for a minute. And then he says, and take the helmet of salvation. That's your second defensive weapon. You get it? One is the shield of faith. The other is the helmet. What are they designed to do? Defend you. All right? They're designed. The shield is a defensive weapon, and it is designed to fend off an attack. Now, go back to 16. I want you to see what you're fending off. It's defensive. Watch this. Taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. All the fiery darts, all the t attacks, all the slanders, physically, I mean, all of them. The shield of faith. Now, I want you to get this now. Uh, and let me just kind of use this as an analogy. When you have little faith, let me just use this. Can you see this? I'm trying to put it in a place where you see this, um, what I got in my hand? All right. Th there we go. See this? This is somebody's faith. Okay? This is, how, this is how long, how wide their faith is. Now, let me ask you a question. <laughs> how many dollars do you think you're going to fend off with this little faith? Not many, right? Right? If your faith is this little, how are you going to stop the darts? So, so here's faith. Here's another person's faith. Now, this will give you a little bit more advantage. But this gives me even more advantage, right? Now, watch this. As my faith grows, my shield grows. So I can quench any dart, and over time, your shield is as tall as you. Well, back in the day, I, I understand why Paul gave this analogy. Back in the day, um, a Roman soldier, um, Dean Roscoe, uh, 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 looked like they're going to go around the other side. All right, they, they went to the other side. A Roman soldier... Um, had a shield that was just as tall as he was. So what was it designed to do? It was designed to shield him from any darts, any stones coming from the adversary. All right? So what am I telling you? Um, use your defensive weapon when facing challenging situations. Why is that critical? The devil's going to come at you and say, you know what? He won't be successful. He won't win. God is not going to help you. Look, can't nobody help you right now. You're alone. Face it. You won't win. Those are words coming from the adversary against you. But you got to have faith. And you got to believe that God is going to work that thing out for your good. All right? But now, I want you to see the other one now. He says, take up the helmet of salvation. Get that? The helmet. I know I'm saved. I know I'm a child of God. I know that Jesus Christ is my Savior. He's my elder brother. And when he died, he died once and for all. I know I can never lose my salvation. I know I can never perish. Okay? Now, I know you know this. Um, Joyce Myers wrote this book. I want to say it's been almost 20 years ago now. It's called The Battlefield of the Mind. 
And if Satan can get, if Satan can win your mind, you're going to lose every challenge that you face. When Satan occupies your mind, when Satan, uh, when Satan at the end of the day, when Satan has the advantage in your mind, you got to have some word to counteract that. All right. So when facing impossible situations, remember, if you dwell on the negative things, you'll always lose the battle. Here is what G, uh, well, Jesus said, but let me just use Paul. Philippians chapter 4, if you can pull that up, Dean Roscoe. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. Okay, my marriage ain't going to never work. I ain't going to never get better. I, I'll never be healed. I'll never get out of debt. No, no, no. Those are negative things. Okay, and in order to counteract that, you got to use your defensive weapons. The shield of faith. And obviously, he said the helmet of salvation. Okay? You got to cover your mind. Never leave your house naked. And never leave your house without your full armor. It takes the full armor to protect you. Watch this verse. Ephesians chapter, uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any value, if there be any praise, think on these things. Watch verse 9. He then says this. Uh, he says, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do them. Think on things that are true. Think on things that are honest. Truth, honest, the same thing. Think on things that are pure. Think on things that are lovely. All right? Then he says in this verse, and the God of peace shall be with you. Use your defensive weapons when the enemy attacks you. Okay? Use them. Because if you don't, you'll always lose every battle. All right, I got a couple minutes left. Let's pray that prayer now. All right. Father God, we come now and in the moments when we're under attack and in those moments where we don't know what to do, you told us to do one thing, stand. You said vengeance is yours, that the battle is not ours, that you will fight, uh, that you'll repay. And so, Father, as we face impossible situations, we counteracted with the weapons that you've given us, the helmet of salvation the shield of faith, they forever remind us, they are forever a constant reminder that we've already got the victory. The victory is already ours, okay? Even in death, <clears throat> the victory is already ours. And so we've learned to accept that death is a part of our lives. We've learned to accept that we're going to be attacked constantly. But we trust in the end that you're going to bring vengeance on those that come and wage war against us. Look, we're so thankful for your word and your promises. We're so thankful for the uh, all defensive weapons that you've given us uh, to stand and to believe by faith, the shield of faith, and the, to know in our mind that everything is going to work out for our good. So we're so appreciative and thankful now in the name of Jesus. Amen.
All right. So let me go back through those four again. I'll give you this last one, and then we'll be done. So number one, when facing a challenging situation, got to learn how to stand. I've done everything I can do. I'm just got to wait now for God to give me the victory. All right. Number two, how do I stand? I stand on God's truth and his righteousness. I stand being holy. I trust God. God, you're going to work it out. God, I trust your word. Your word is going to be around. Everything else is going to pass away, but your word shall always stand. I trust you. Number three, I also understand I got to stand on the word and the word only. God's word is truth. So I'm standing on truth. I'm standing on being righteous. All right. I got to stand on God's word. I have nothing else to rely on. Nobody else word. Nobody. Not the president. Nobody. Nobody's word will give me the victory that God has promised me. Number four, you got to learn how to use your defensive weapons. All right. When you face challenging situations, use them. Use that faith. All right. Use that faith. And don't forget the helmet, which protects your mind. I'm a child of God. Okay. Matter of fact, I'm a friend of God. All right. And God promises that because we are royalty, we are his children, that every victory is going to be ours. But not only should you use your defensive weapons, number five, you should also use your offensive weapons. Okay. Not only should you defend, but you got to learn how to, again, use offensive weapons to keep the enemy from further advancing against you. All right? Let me give them to you. In verse 17 and 18 of Ephesians chapter 6, watch this. He says, and take the helmet of salvation. That's, that's a defensive weapon. But watch this. Here is your offensive weapon. Okay, this is what you use to prepare in advance. He says, and the sword of the spirit. You see it? That's an offensive weapon. I'm, before it even comes my way, I'm going to be in prayer already. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Watch this in verse number 18. Praying always, that's, that's an offensive weapon. Did you see the two? The sword of the spirit, because you use the sword to block, to use, to engage. All right? But then your prayer life is offensive in that you can pray in advance of stuff that you may not know is coming your way. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. You see it? So the sword of the spirit uh, and praying are offensive. Okay? They're offensive weapons. Um, the spirit, the sword of the spirit is simply that. Okay? Uh, the word of God. Now watch this now. Why did I say the sword? Because when I say the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, it is only activated by your relationship or the presence of the spirit in your life. Mm. Did you get that? That word will do you no good 
won't have any effect if you don't have the spirit operating in your life. The spirit has the authority to activate the word of God. All right. So when he says the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, the only way the word can be activated is if I've got a relationship with the spirit. If I'm in compliance with the spirit, if I'm being obedient, submissive to the spirit. All right. So the more you live and act in the word, the stronger and bigger the sword will be. Just like the shield, the sword will be also. All right. Now he has prayer because prayer is what sets the pace for how the fight takes place. You get it? Prayer sets the pace for how the fight is, it sets the atmosphere. I'm never caught off guard. I already know that I'm going to be attacked. That's why I'm always alert. I'm always sober. I'm always looking. Why? Because I know that Satan is always trying to attack me. The demon of lust, the demon of, of envy, the demon of anger, the demon of pity, the demon of wallowing in my sorrow, the jealousy demon, the greed demon, the glutton demon, the arrogant demon, okay? They're always trying. I, I mean, you could be doing some good right now, and one of them rascals will try to attack you, okay? That's why you got to offensively be prayed up. You, you hear people say it all the time, man, I'm prayed up. They're saying, I'm ready for anything. Offensively, I'm ready. All right. Notice boxers. Boxers aren't always being defensive, but they're also being offensive. They're blocking. Okay. They're doing some things. All right. You got to learn how to do the same thing. All right. Let me give you a scripture to help you connect with this. All right. Watch what Jesus promises as it relates to prayer. Mark chapter 11 and verse 24. I want you to see this. This is why your prayer life is so critical. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you have received them huh, and you shall have them. Do you see that? Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that they're already yours and they're already yours. You see that? Watch this. I want you to look at 2 uh, Timothy uh, 3.16. You know this text already. Let me use it. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable. The word profitable means it is to your advantage. It benefits you. Watch this. For reproof, for doctrine. I'm sorry, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. So I can use that to teach me how to live when I'm going through. Watch verse 17. He says that the man of God may be perfect and thoroughly furnished. The word furnished means prepared unto all good works. Get it? So what is God telling us? We've got to learn to stick with that word. We've got to learn how to use it and prayer also. Now, Lord, you said in your word. You promise in your word. Okay, that's how you got to use it. That's critical for us. All right? I got three quotes I want to give you before I finish, but let me pray this prayer real quickly. All right? Uh, Lord, we come now. We thank you again for this day. 
Lord, we thank you again for giving us offensive weapons, the sword of the spirit, prayer. Thank you for giving those to us. Then when we face tough challenges, tough situations, we know now that there again, uh, Father, we can stand in your word. Uh, we can stand in truth and rightfulness, uh, righteousness. We can use our defensive weapons and our offensive weapons. They're all designed to help us be victorious. Thank you for the weapons. It's called the armor of God. So every day we get up, Lord, before we do anything, teach us to put the full armor of God on. Teach us that because we can be attacked in our homes. We can be attacked on our jobs in the grocery store, going to the mailbox by siblings, friends, and loved ones. And so teach us to not only put on the full armor, but to wear it every day of our lives. As we do that, Lord, no matter what we face, no matter how bad it appears, we know in the end it's going to work out for our good. Thank you for that scripture. And we know that all things will work together for the good. Thank you for reminding us that it's going to be okay. Lord, we thank you now. In Jesus' name, I pray and thank God. Let me give you these three little quotes real quickly. I hope that you'll see the significance. This is one by Franklin Delano, Delano Roosevelt. Watch this. He says this. A smooth sea never made a skilled sailor. <laughs> You get it? You'll never be a skilled sailor until you face some challenges in your life. And always having a smooth sea. I, I never will forget Dean Roscoe when I first started driving. I started driving, uh, I started driving in like December. No, I'm sorry. I started driving in November. It was still, the roads were still okay. All right. But my driver's ed went through the winter. All right. So I had to learn how to drive on slippery slopes, on ice, ice covered roads. I had to learn how to drive in the snow. OK, that made me a more efficient driver. Why? Because I was facing some tremendous challenges. All right. That's the same thing that you need to know. All right. You'll never be skilled, proficient unless you use the full armor. Every time you use it, you'll get better. Here's another one by Molari. Watch this one. All right? He says this. He says, the greater the obstacle, the more glory in overcoming it. The greater the obstacle, the more glory in overcoming it. All right? You get that? All right. And let me give you the final one. This one is by Marion Williamson. And she says this, the challenges we face in life, listen at this, are always lessons that serve our soul's growth. Mm. Everything that I face is designed to grow me, grow me in my faith, grow me in my praise, grow me in my determination, grow my, grow my shield, grow my, I mean, it's designed to help me become more efficient at learning how to deal with challenges. Okay, every challenge I face is designed to be a lesson that helps me grow. And notice this, and I could be wrong, but Deacon Roscoe, you can help me if I'm wrong. Every time I face a challenge, I'm not weaker because of it. I've learned how to overcome it. I've become more proficient. Okay, I've become more proficient. 
That's my prayer for you. All right. So listen, I hope that you've learned something today. It is our prayer that God will bless you. Um, and Lord willing, we'll see you at 930 on Sunday morning for life development. It is our prayer that God will keep you, cover you, uh, that he will protect you, uphold you, and use his power in your life. Until then, we'll see you real soon. God bless. Thank you.